Real Talk listeners, it's Jared Campbell. You might recognize me from past group chats. They didn't invite me onto this one, but you're here to hear Jenny, KO, Sarah, and Jasbo talk about the news stories of the day. Of the year! Of the year! <laughs> Should I do it one more time? I can do it one more time. No. This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. It is December 21st. It is uh, the shortest day of the year and uh, maybe the best roundtable that we're going to do all year as well. It also happens to be my parents' wedding anniversary, and I know that they're going to hear this episode. So, Bruce and Catherine, we love you. We admire you. Happy anniversary. Back in 1974, they tied the knot. Freshly graduated uh, (laughs) teacher, a French teacher, and a family physician starting life together. That's pretty awesome. In December of 1974. This is going to be our last episode of 2023. (laughs) Uh, We're going to be hanging out with our Real Talk patrons tomorrow on kind of a private zoom party that we do for them uh, but yeah this is this is the last show that we'll get together yeah, until the year. new year and uh, today's gonna be a lot of fun we're bringing back the group chat roundtable, mm-hmm. which everybody knows and loves uh, these are members of an actual real group chat we don't talk about well for the most part specific comments made in that group chat but we are going to put these three on the spot. We're going to get their top news stories of the year. We'll talk a little bit of Alberta politics, of course. We'll take a look at international newsmakers as well all in the next hour, and we're grateful to have you here with us. This episode wouldn't be happening without the support of Business Career College, and this is an important and timely message. This time of year, a lot of people are going to be looking to start fresh in 2024, embark on a new adventure. If you're looking for a rewarding and high-paying career, but you've always got that one, yeah, but, and your yeah, but is that I don't have a university degree, you can get started as an insurance professional with Business Career College. You know, in Canada, insurance agents, a lot of them in a very short time are making just under a hundred grand a year. All you need to do is take an approved course, pass your licensing exam, and Business Career College offers industry-leading approved courses in life insurance, property and casualty insurance. Plus, they've got expert instructors passionate about helping you launch your new career. Right now, great time of year to do it because real talkers can save 15% off any insurance course with the code REALTALK. That's all one word, REALTALK. Get started today at businesscareercollege.com. As we welcome back to the show, the founder and president of the Adams Agency, Jenny Adams, the CEO of the YWCA of Edmonton, former Globe and Mail journalist, Catherine O'Neill, and Edmonton City Councilor, Sarah Hamilton, who's been on the show many times, but we're just realizing right this minute, you've never been on before in the context of your participation in our group chat. No, I haven't. So I'm I'm glad to be here not representing any opinions or city council. Oh, oh yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. And in part because we've got a big plan for you, counselor. We're gonna we're gonna get, we're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> get, get the bottles going up. here on this, oh, you know, on this where, morning. Where did you wanna, get that big bottle? You know what? I got this mag of Sumeroka, uh, which is supposed to be this fabulous fruit, uh, this cava um, from, uh, and this is a free one. This mention is on the house from Vine Arts. They've just, 
They've just uh, moved into Edmonton on 124th Street. It's a massive Street. bottle. It is. We're yeah, not well, leaving well, till it's done. Well, I just figured that like we 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 wouldn't be uh, like we would cash a bottle like a regular bottle pretty quickly. The four of us and and we'll probably make sure and that we just don't want to get that, uh, infamous so gets one too. So, uh, counselor, if you'd like, there's some fresh squeezed orange juice there if you want to turn <laughs> that a into service. a mimosa. This, uh, wow. Yeah. So and and Ko, I want to give you a, a shout out. Thank you very much. On the very first day of Real Talk ever. Two of you showed up with gifts. Jenny showed up with a bottle of bubbly. You may remember we cracked it as soon as we turned our mics off. And KO, you showed up with this this stunningly beautiful ice bucket, uh, which is now being put to good use. It sort of feels like which we've come was from full Plum. circle. I think it's a local shop, so Plum. It is, it's and so you know the beautiful. owner of Plum, Jenna Pryor, her son and my son go to school together. Isn't that cool? What a Very small Edmonton. world. Yeah, that is very Edmonton. There you are. And did they have a Christmas a happy concert? holiday season to you? Yeah, they did. A fabulous Christmas oh, concert amazing. just last night. It was so wonderful to see all of the kids <laughs> getting into it. They split it by grades, obviously. Okay. So you get like the little cute little grade oners doing their thing. But then once you get up to like grade four or five, six, now these personalities are starting to come out. Those of you watching had to see Ryan's side eye that he gave to me when I, and that's the epitome of the actually assholes group chat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that is the name. That was is what the, the, the group chat has, has come to be named because we, uh, sometimes are uh, lifting one another up and uh, encouraging one another. And every once in a while, we are holding each other to account. We're holding each other's feet to the fire, right? And uh, sometimes that, that involves a little bit of tough love. Careful. It? Yeah. yeah well, it's, Don't it's, spill on your computer. A, a I know. Uh, Johnny, we already already destroyed one uh, one MacBook this yeah, year on the okay. show. So I'll, It's I'll the end of the fiscal year. We'll just buy all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's how it works. Yeah. Right? Johnny, that's do you have a glass? The, that's what our account yeah, said. Throw yeah, me you, one. you got a flute right there. Big shout out to Joseph Brown. $10. What? Already? Already? Ready, yeah. Joseph's uh, happy if, new year. If, Joe. if only Joseph was anywhere near, I'd be happy to pour Joseph a, a flute. We sure appreciate that. The super chat has kind of become Thank this you, new thing for us, and it's a uh, as our YouTube presence has grown. This isn't. This is just like a, a thing I'll mention quickly, but um, YouTube for us, this has been a big year intentionally on YouTube to grow our footprint there. And Thank our you. subscribers are up about 40% in one wow, year, which amazing. we really appreciate. The engagement's up a ton on people that, that live tune into the show. And, and then some of you stepping up on this super chat and just, you know, five, 10 bucks. I think somebody shot us 25 bucks the other mm -hmm. day, which just meant a, a whole lot nice. to us. And it's, mm -hmm. I guess it's just a way for people to feel, you know, it's, it's a way to support a show that you find is resonating with you. And that sure means a lot to us when people do it. So, um, Cheers, everyone. Cheers, Cheers everybody. To, to, to wrapping up uh, 2023. Johnny, love you. Show wouldn't Cheers. happen without you, pal. Cheers. Sure yeah. appreciate you. Um, we'll talk about just kind of the time of year. This is going to be sort of a hybrid vibe mm -hmm. on the show. It'll be like a little bit holiday, like sort of a Christmassy vibe, Hanukkah vibe, whatever you're celebrating. But also, we're not doing another show before New Year's Eve. So, you know, right around December 31st, people will start looking back at the year that was, start looking ahead you know, at the year to come uh, when it when it comes to like top news story of the year. We'll talk Alberta politics in a bit. We'll talk some federal politics in a bit. But like the top story that captivated you, grabbed your attention through the year. Sarah, what was it? Uh, I this is downer. Um, this is or I shouldn't say downer. This is very serious. It's the Israel Israel Hamas conflict and yeah. the, the war uh, in in Gaza right now. Um, I remember when the attacks on October 7th happened and uh, I I don't read the news on the weekend. It was a weekend and uh, uh, one of my staff members flagged it and was like, this, this feels different. This yeah. feels different than your usual middle sort of Middle East conflict. And, and that's what we have on our hands right now. We have the first, I think, war in the Middle East since or in Israel with Israel 
should say, um, since the Yom Kippur War, which was 40 years ago. And I think it, um, you know, if I compare it to the, the, the war in Ukraine, that conflict escalated slow, like slowly. We could kind of see it happening. But this happened so quickly and it's so complex. And the impacts globally, um, you're seeing people have to have an opinion on something that is incredibly nuanced and it's dividing communities uh not not just in the middle east but around the world in in edmonton we see it so that to me is enormous and i think it'll have ramifications for years to come yeah to say the very least oh yeah um you've uh, catherine in your career as a journalist you covered wars you were over in afghanistan i mean you you're, you you've been on the, the front line of conflict firsthand uh telling those stories so canadians could hear about them in in the globe and mail and, and then of course now in your role at the ywca a huge part of the offerings of that uh, age that organization more than 100 years old is is helping settle refugees offering services to people that need mental health supports i would imagine you see something like this conflict through a number of different lenses. Totally, yeah, 100%. And, you know, war, being in war changes you forever. And I think the first casualty of any war is truth. And so it's really hard to ever get information coming out of a war, even as a as a reporter, it was really hard. And I think this, what's really interesting about about this, this war is, you know, it's on TikTok. TikTok and social media and all of these people are getting their news from places that are not reputable. Mm -hmm. It is not news. Um, and it's frightening me mm -hmm. because people have hard, hard, hard line opinions on things and they really are truly misinformed. So this war to me is quite uh, different in, in the perspective that the news that people are getting to tell their story themselves, what's truly happening isn't correct or they're just getting the news that they want to hear. So as a journal, as a former journalist, uh, you're watching this through that lens thinking, where does this end? Yeah. And it really has created such division in a way that I, I, what's the road back? Well, how, how about the fact, sorry to step on your yeah. toes, Jenny, but like even you as a, as, a, as a war correspondent, a former war correspondent, the fact, the fact that we know at least 64 journalists have been killed in Gaza, yeah. like take a second, everybody listening to this to think 64. I was, I don't know why sometimes I think in the term of classrooms, like two or three classrooms, yes. you know, yeah. full of graduated and experienced journalists, uh, Killed like in, in conflict. I think in Afghanistan, we only lost one Canadian journalist. Was that so, Michelle? Yeah, Lang? that was yeah. Michelle Lang. So, uh, yeah. So in that short amount of time to lose that many journalists, uh, war is just... So it's so, and we don't pay folks enough. And a lot of these outlets are not sending folks into war with the right equipment, the right security, things like that. So I think we'll see more death toll in that. Again, it's just, it's hard to watch and you really under, you really wonder where this all goes. And I have been watching it from that misinformation misinformation lens. I do think that, you know, especially in my job that I have, and we teach this, that misinformation is one of the biggest problems that we have right now. So Can you take, explain to people what your job yeah, is? Oh, sorry. I, I run a communications firm, a PR firm. And so we work with the media and conversations and help shape public perception, basically. Yeah. So, you know, watching, for example, when um, the hospital was bombed and immediately everyone around the world said the Israelis bombed the hospital, right? Even Trudeau tweeted that. And immediately within an hour or two, they retracted it, but it was already too late. Yeah. The mm -hmm. second that information goes out there, and that was a real I feel like at the beginning a turning point for the public perception of now like well what are the Israelis doing right and so you even take a look at that with um Zelensky and and the war when the liberals invited the Nazi into the House of Commons yeah 
And that again, that was, that was, wow. that was horrible. When you think about the propaganda that was, has now been created that we don't know out of that visit that Canadians are supporting. And, and that really goes to take, um, the Russians, you know, the reason why they're bombing the Ukrainians and you can't take that back. Catherine, you know, you taught us when you're explaining, you're losing. So mm -hmm. the second that that piece of misinformation goes out and your algorithms are showing you the same stuff over and over and over again, and people are sharing it like that is gone. And that yeah. has massive impact. Yeah. And we see that all over the place in all sorts of communities. But combating misinformation, I think, is one of society's biggest problems that we have right now. And you use it to your advantage. You know, you're competing in an attention economy. And Zelensky does a really good job at keeping our attention, uh, using social media, et cetera, et cetera, and in his war that he's fighting. But um, it can go absolutely the other way, which we see. I'm going off the top of my head here, so I'm probably going to miss some major storylines. But I'd be curious for your take on the, on the type of year that it's been, not just for the prime minister, uh, but for his party and for Canada's reputation, there's been some some big black eyes like that that the former Nazi mm -hmm. recognized with with MPs. By the way, liberal and conservative MPs rising to applaud this guy. Everybody fucked up on that one. Let's be honest. Um, most notably, the liberals that invited him. But there were a lot of people that. Hey, listen, if I was in there, uh, like. I would have stood and applauded because I had no idea. Because you had no nobody idea. Had, nobody had any idea. But that's the point. The Speaker of the House should have vetted it. It should have vetted it. It should have been vetted. For sure. You trust that institution to get things right. Yeah. And that but was... we have to remember as well, too, that the House of Commons is, it belongs to the MPs. And so I actually asked some bureaucrats, like, really high up. I said, did you guys not vet this guy? He's like, oh, if for a second we would have ever said, let us vet your guests in the House of Commons, like, you know, that is absolutely up to them, the elected officials. So it yeah. is on them. But I would have absolutely stood up thinking the house, the speaker of the house invited this person i'm going to clap for them so you've had so you've had that uh you've had uh, the, the prime ministers as much as we don't drag people's personal lives into things it is a thing when a world leader's marriage breaks apart so you had that you had the liberals basically nailing their own feet to the floor on the carbon tax mm -hmm. and the controversy in Atlantic Canada yes. and like losing big time points, not even to mention, uh, you know, the huge surge that you've seen on the conservative side, but it's mm -hmm. been a really tough. Well, we have India and yeah. obviously yeah. India. I, Trudeau did the right thing there. He right? did do the right. He did thing. the right thing. But then, um, you know, the Chinese, I'm like, I don't even want to go into how the relationship with us in China is and what we're doing there. Like, it's actually really scary. And then we're not included. We're not included with five eyes. We're not included. And in, in, in why would we be? Right. Mm. But I think I mean, obviously, I, I slant conservative, but I, the conservatives have a real opportunity here because Trudeau yeah. just I mean, they'll get Trudeau will leave. They'll get rid of Trudeau. But I still think I don't that, know. Think? I don't what? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think he's going to fight you it talk out. to anybody. I'm talking talk to yeah. people that so, like work in that yeah. government that say he's not going anywhere. He wants to fight Polyev in the next election. Yeah. Which well, I mean, black tight T-shirt to black tight T-shirt. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> let's see how it's going to go. <laughs> like, oh, no. So I, like, I, worked, I worked on Team Trudeau in 2015 leading up to the election. And I think in so and, and I use that to qualify that after the election in 2015, you saw a really sophisticated communications approach. And I think this year you have not seen a sophisticated communications approach, which in government usually means that that it's stale, like your talent is leaving. People aren't, like there isn't an integrated plan to talk about what the po what policies the government's moving forward. And that's usually a sign that it's time to go. And and like, which pains me a little to say, because I think that there's some his, challenges with his the His last term, his talent left, his office was just yeah. kind of like, this really reminds yeah. me of that. Like it's, it seems like no one's in charge. Yeah. No, we haven't mentioned actually, besides inflation, the mm -hmm. housing crisis. Like yeah. that is a massive yes. thing yeah. that the liberals, I mean, 
there's all sorts of reasons why we're in this housing crisis. But the conservatives, I have to say, when it comes to communications, are finally getting their shit together. They're, they're, like that housing tight, video that Pierre tight. did, I watched every second of the 15 minutes and it was good information mm -hmm. and I understood it and it has a cool brand and you can see where it's going. And it's resonating, I think, not just with, you know, Albertans, mm -hmm. but people all over the country. Well, they're grabbing the middle class narrative. And if you go back to 2015, that was the 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 liberal plan. It was to make life better for the middle class. And somewhere in the last eight years, we've lost that thread and the liberal or the conservatives have picked that up and they've they've not just picked it up from the liberals they've also picked it up from the ndp like they're yeah. owning the narrative on affordability and the quote-unquote canadian and dream. young voters too yeah like, that's, wow which yeah. is not the way it's wow. supposed to go like if, if you take a look at trends yeah. well and you have to think like historically conservatives i'm sorry horrible <laughs> communications like i was on peter yeah, mckay's yeah. campaign team I did not do the comms. Okay, I did Everybody's not listen to that. Everybody's to a lot of weird just things. Just awful. Okay. I know we are. I was like, had one sip the group of yeah. round table. Oh I know. One sip of things prosecco. Why and do you think I served you booze before <laughs> exactly. the brunch? Yeah. But conservatives, like their communications, and I know we've audited yeah. some of them. Yeah. Like usually, it's all about how we hate Trudeau and mm -hmm. red, and it's just like you can't connect with any of it. And finally, yes. they're getting their stuff together. I know in the last election, we redid one of the you know the incoming MPs. We did their branding for them. We went away. From from the conservative branding in an election. It looked great. Who was it? Just have to say. Jenneru. Yeah. Yeah. He I knew. Really I just wanted yeah. you to say okay. it. <laughs> well, thanks. But anyway, they're finally. Hey, can, we, can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. I, don't, I don't have a stuff in front of me, but it was interesting. Talk, talk, take us into the science of branding and messaging and marketing. Because even even Matt Jenneru, for people who don't know him, he's, he, he's a, an established, well-respected former provincial politician, now federal politician. Um, uh, very good with people. Um, very, um, what's the, uh, um, like, uh, this? I mean, this as a compliment. Sane. Yes, right? yes, like in he, the conservative party, right? Like, like he's he's a he's a very marketable. He's quite good looking. Uh, all the things he's, he's got, he's thing. got all the things going for him. But I noticed last election his branding. It was like even even the hue of you noticed even the hue yes. of blue. The hue of blue changed it. is a little off. Mm -hmm. from where the party's blue is. Oh, we totally changed so it. So that was and on purpose, obviously. That was purposely, because you're actually, when you're in an election and you're running for a party, you cannot alter the creative. No they way. They give it to you. You cannot change it. And I don't want to speak for Matt as to why he necessarily did, but he wanted to. You know, the thing about Matt that I love and always have loved is he's more of a progressive conservative. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. he'd be okay. He supports, you know, women and yep. LGBTQ and blah, 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 schools. And, you know, he's done a really great job in his career. And so he just wanted to resonate and have it be more him. And I've never worked on a campaign actually, except for Peter McKay's, but that was a disaster. Um, where like he had 30 volunteers every time we went mm -hmm. out, like people really connected to that very modern progressive branding that he had and just who it represented him as a candidate. And that's what he, I think he really wanted in the election. Yeah. Uh, KO, your top news story of the year, like uh, I'm talking worldwide. Well, I'll bring it home to Canada, but it is worldwide where it's inflation and the rise of the cost um, cost of living um you know i think it's had massive massive political implications and social implications as a ceo of a, a social service agency we see it on the front lines where folks are really struggling right now we've just come out of the crisis of covid and there's been no reprieve people can't afford their homes they can't afford their cars they can't send their kids to sports things like that we see houselessness in a, a level that we've never seen um it's Society is really struggling right now, and and 
on the political side, I think that's where Pierre Polyev and the, the conservatives have come right in, saw an opportunity and have really grabbed that conversation. And have, that's why I think they're connecting with the electorate is in the way they are. We'll see how it goes. There's still a lot of time before the next election. Um, but it's it's really frightening the things we are seeing, like the rising levels of gender based violence in our community, mm -hmm. uh, domestic violence. I, I know at the city level, counselors are hearing lots of stories, uh, and I don't think we've hit the the. I don't think we've quite hit the crest of this. What this is, and that really uh, makes me concerned heading into twenty twenty four because people are really tired right now, really really tired coming out of COVID now with this inflation, cost of living, and I don't see I, people. It's it's too much. You know what's kind of weird though is that it's not that uh, inflation or cost of living is not an issue, not that affordability is not an issue because it is. Um, Canadians uh, are telling pollsters that it's the number one issue, mm -hmm. but spending is not down at all. And I know that a lot of people can't afford to get into housing, and a lot of people are finding their rent payments like very difficult. And there are some people that will hear this and will say, "Fuck you!" Like yeah. we haven't been, you know, we've been choosing between you know milk for the kids and and like whether we're going to pay our hydro bill. I get that, and, and that's and that's this is that that's what's but that some people can really spend right now, but the people who cannot are really can really cannot, mm -hmm. and they are really on the edge of being homeless 100 so that's where it's just a really different type of struggle for folks and yeah we are post-covid it's the roaring 20s it's really reminiscent i mean we're seeing people spend like crazy on luxury items things like that mm -hmm. but for the folks who can't and this and the way inflation food insecurity the food bank has just seen demand rise all across the country um for the, those folks this has been one of the hardest years of their life jenny uh your top news story of the year well, I'm I'm sorry, but I have to say it's the same thing. Like okay. it's it's housing, it's inflation, it, it's all over the work that we're doing as an organization. Um, and you know, also I'm taking a look at how we're approaching it. You know, what are we doing with international students? How are we going to mm -hmm. combat things? Those things are really top of mind for me. Um, but I'm with Catherine. Like I just don't know how people who are on a fixed income, like just have a job, seniors, seniors. Mm -hmm. Like I know. Ugh, I know my mother-in-law, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying the SIBA loans are all coming up. Well, yeah. she has a little driving Miss Daisy business that yeah. went out of business during the pandemic. And now she owes forty or $60,000 in a yeah. couple of weeks. And her mortgage rate is going up the year after that. And she's mm -hmm. like, I actually have to sell my condo in order to pay for this. You know, the SIBA loan actually is a big deal because it's a it's tied to you personally as well, too. So she has she can't go bankrupt. What? Wait, what? Yes. She can't go bankrupt. It's tied to her personally. And if she doesn't pay it, then her son has to pay it. So she literally is going to sell her condo to pay this $40,000 bill. And when did it come due? Ooh. Is it January? It's January 18th. Wow. He this gave us 18 more days. We did a show on it just a couple of days ago. Yeah. Corey Wozniak was talking about that from, from managing director at Avis and Young was talking about that. Although I will say this is new information. Well, maybe not to you, yeah. uh, but you're bringing new information to this table mm -hmm. because I've spoken to some people, restaurateurs in particular, that are under the impression, like as far as I'm concerned up to this minute, um, that they can fold up shop, close nope. the doors and it the, is tied that 40000 goes away. Wow. And, and Shirley was a banker. So she looked into this. It's tied to you personally. And if she doesn't pay it, then Sheldon has to pay it. We have to pay it. The whatever happens gonna to be. The government's going to get their money. Like this, they're they're going to get their money. Well, they better. But, it's yeah. a $50 billion totally. program. And that's the other. Wow. The spending billion. that has happened. In, like, wow. It's mind numbing. Mind numbing. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I know a lot of people. And then here, you know, people will say, uh, you know, well, look at under Justin Trudeau. Canada's debt has done this and it's out of control and it's bonkers. Mm -hmm 
Packers. And Pierre Poliev, I, I guess in a way to his credit, uh, you know, with, with asterisks there, has said like he wouldn't have done the same thing. But if you rewind the clock three yeah. years or three yeah. and a half years and you look at how people were panicking mm-hmm. as the pandemic was coming down and you were looking at what would have been an, a, a tidal wave of insolvencies mm-hmm. and unemployment and and then what do you do? It's it's easy as an opposition politician oh, sure. to say, Governing I wouldn't, that, I don't know I wouldn't have it. done it, but you may be surprised at what your advisors would have but told you you had to do. the going to be felt somewhere. We delayed For this. sure. And, wow. So early January, the th- wow. They delayed yeah. it 18 days for well, people. So we forget that um, the, the pandemic was actually declared over like just this year so like we all just kind of yes to to an endemic like the 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 end like the who declared the end of the pandemic in 2023 um and so it seems so long ago when we talk about um all these programs but it like like it it's just done it was may the 4th yeah sarah that they uh yeah, that they downgraded it. I like that you fact-checked me. Well, <laughs> yeah. I think you could give businesses just another year. Like, but, don't change it. Just yeah, give them another yeah. year to get their feet under them. Like, because you even look at right now where interest rates are at yeah, and yeah. businesses yeah. that are going to try to finance the 40000 yes. right now at, at eight points, like... It's not gonna. I'm, yeah, they're, it's, they're it's a going, difficult position for everybody. There's going to be it, an extension. There is no way. From you what would, we're hearing on that, like, there's no way that they, if they do this, that is political suicide. Well, okay, oh yeah, they, like you're like you're implying the optics of oh. the feds forcing people into insolvency and, is, and like selling their houses. Yeah. That's not. A you're great just setting narrative. Pierre Poly up, yeah. up for like a complete landslide if you do that. Yeah, yeah, we we did have some feedback by the way on the live chat. Some um, Tara Lynn particularly loved the black T-shirt comment. She sent us the crying, <laughs> laughing ones. Um, who did I see this? Well, from? I'll be saw, crying, laughing soon. Yeah, I saw this. I think it was Marie. <laughs> Somebody said Justin Trudeau will not go away, and he will win again. Um, wow, that's somebody cool. else who was it? Somebody else. I apologize. There's a lot going on in the chat, but somebody else said like uh, Trudeau's time has come, but Poliev scares the hell out of me. So I don't know what to think. Uh, that was kind of a recurring comment in there. So and then I, I saw somebody else. I wanted to recognize the comment. Somebody said to me, I noticed nobody has um, mentioned Pierre Poliev's leadership win as a top story. Believe it or not, that was 2022. Oh, um, that was uh, either September, October of 22 that he won in the fall. So he's so he's been in that role coming up ish coming up on a year and a half more with our group chat roundtable Sarah Hamilton Catherine O'Neill and Jenny Adams in just a second this episode of Real Talk is happening with the support of our friends at California Closets I'm going to bail out at least one Real Talker right now that still uh, has no plan for Christmas they have no plan for a gift for their loved one uh, for their soulmate how about a consultation with the team at California Closets help out you and your entire household with those recurring issues. Towels piled up on the floor. You can't find your favorite dress shoes. Don't even get started on the garage. The place desperately needs organization, a custom storage solution. That's exactly what they do. You should see what they're doing with garages. Oh my gosh. Check out californiaclosets.ca. You can browse some of the work that their team has done and you get in touch with them, get that consultation started. At Friesen Brothers, they know that a lot of you are going to prioritize top number one, quality time with your family and friends over the holidays. You don't want to be sitting there in the kitchen, basting the turkey, mashing the potatoes while everybody else is having laughs. Why not pick up a Ukrainian-inspired Christmas dinner box prepared by their team of Red Seal chefs? These Ukrainian-inspired Christmas dinner boxes come with everything you'd expect. They've got the turkey and the ham and the pierogies, and they've they've got these dill-soaked carrots. Oh, my gosh. Creamy dill carrots are going to blow your mind. Each 
dinner box serves four people. So if you have 40 coming over, you just order 10 of them. You can get them online at cateringbyfreezen.com or visit them in store. You are up against the clock and they will sell out. So make sure you visit a Friesen Brothers today. If 2024, and this is maybe to the younger members of our audience, or those of you in your 20s, 30s, still looking to kickstart a career opportunity, you've got that motivation. You know you have what it takes you just need somebody to help you tap into it. Nate's J.R. Shaw School of Business is your answer. They're one of Canada's leading polytechnic business educators. They're specialists in harnessing inner talent, building skills, and feeding curiosity. Your future will be brighter because of Nate's immersive style of learning and deep relationships with industry. Get down to business today with Nate's J.R. Shaw School of Business at Nate. .ca/slash business. Now you've already got your certification. You've already got your ticket. You're an electrician, or maybe you have a BCom. You're a sales professional. You've been working in industry as a project manager for a while, but you're feeling stagnant in your job. Why not start fresh and help move forward Canada's green energy movement at Kubi Energy? They're hiring right now via the careers link at kubienergy.ca for roles in Calgary. Edmonton, Kamloops, Lethbridge, and beyond. They're looking for installers, technologists, professional engineers, administrative professionals. They're hiring across the board as Canada's fastest growing team when it comes to the green movement. Nobody installs more solar panels in Alberta than Kubi Energy. You'll find them online at kubienergy.ca. I'll have to apply. That's not funny, John. <laughs> well, those roofs, they look nice. If you, you know, in the open air all day. And... I talk to these guys. You, you talk to them often. So they'll come in <laughs> yeah. here. They'll have the odd They love their job. They love their Absolutely jobs. Absolutely love it. And, and you know what they'll do? They'll they'll like say, take a look at this video. And then they show us the video. They go, look at how clean these installed. They, they yeah. take great pride in the detail yeah. of their install. That's kind of something that we, you have in common with them. And, and something you appreciate. We yeah, talked we talked we earlier this it. week about the, the TV being a, a little a, bit an crooked. inch off. When yeah. we were in here and uh, having to a call people, perfectionist, back. <laughs> a bit of it bothers you too. CD. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brian, yeah. Be your uh, you know what? For me, you know what the thing for me is like. And no offense, I'm not meaning to offend anybody, but when you go in someone's house and they've got the TV mounted on the wall, but they just have the black cord just hanging down, yes. I'm like, man, like, you gotta, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> that just, it just, I can't concentrate. I can't watch the movie. I can't watch the hockey game if there's a black cord just hanging down there. I obsess over it. Um, thanks for the top up, counselor. Appreciate it. Uh, though not here in her role as an Edmonton City Councilor. This is just okay. This is just Sarah from the block. Sarah from the block. This is just Sarah. From from the block. Um, I was just taking a picture of Catherine, just taking a picture of herself. So I'm no, going to no, challenge no. us all to um, oh, how so. many selfies are in your phone? How many selfies? I actually yeah. haven't looked, I have and I feel like I'm, I'm setting real, myself up. You go to photos, oh, and then you go to selfies, right? No, that that's that. 936. Out of how many pictures do you have? Total? I have. 25,000. So that's pretty Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's, that's actually quite modest. That's, I don't think hey, I'm going to read my... <laughs> I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I can't wait to hear Johnny's. This can't be real. Johnny, how, first of all, how many... I've, I've so, okay, so you, you're, you're on an iPhone, oh, right? Selfies, so you go to what photos. Hey, what was yours? Okay, so I haven't said mine yet. So I have I have a total of 30,892 photos. No, oh, photos, oh, okay, not selfies. Selfies. 30,892 photos, and of those... 
1,240 are selfies. But a lot of my, but a lot of, and and because people listen to this, uh, you've listened to this point, you're listening at the end of the year, I'll give Real Talkers a little, a little Easter egg, a little treat here. Most of my selfies are are shot and sent at 4.20 in the afternoon to friends of mine. Uh, If you know, you know. So there's a certain theme to the selfies on my phone that some people will find funny and other people won't understand. I think I know what you're doing. I asked the question, I'm going last. I have have 12,000 photos on my phone and only 802 selfies. Okay, well, I seriously regret. um, (laughs) Hang on, you're about to get burned, Jenny. Johnny, how many do you have? Okay, wait, what was the total? What was Jenny's? I haven't, I'm going Last, yeah. no, my question. I want to hear no, no, no. She first. asked the no, question. question. Fair enough. How many total right. photos do you right. have? First? I've got uh, th- a little over thirty thousand. Okay, and how many? Probably selfies? the same as you. I can't see all of them, but my main folder has twenty nine thousand two hundred seventy seven. So what? Oh. How, how many, many selfies? Selfies? I don't want to say Just this. Just say it. Say it. Oh, my wife is gonna kill me. Eleven hundred and twelve. That's okay. not bad. Okay. What are you so worried so about? He wins. It's less though. than me. Jenny's okay. Like, so I am like really sweating. <laughs> so so here's the thing. I'm an influencer. Very, no, 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 you no, know, no. You're explaining. No, you're losing. I know. <laughs> I, know, I, know. <laughs> but I'm very good at taking selfies, and I am always. You have to admit it. Oh, wow. I am always the yes. selfie arm because yes. I know how to take it. She yeah. is a selfie. Okay. And you did just take like ninety. <laughs> exactly. Photos of us. And I'm also in PR, so, so I don't take one picture. I take like a hundred. Yes. Okay. So how many? What's the fucking number. Give us the I number, have Jenny. Fifty-seven thousand photos. <laughs> oh, I okay. I selfies. No, no, no. I have ten thousand selfies. Oh my, <laughs> oh my god, Jenny Adams. I love this. From I, <laughs> I, this is the first time I've ever seen the name Ironwood Workman uh, in the live chat. <laughs> Ironwood Workman, who must be brand new, says, "Do they talk about anything, or is this what it is all the time?" <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We're just we were taking talking, a break from the series. We were talking stuff. about yeah. Israel and Hamas yeah, five minutes we, ago. Yeah. Um, it's hard swerves. Yeah, the housing crisis. The housing crisis. Anyway, uh, in all seriousness, Ironwood Workman and to everybody else, all these fresh and new names that we've been seeing in our chat over the last six months. uh, Welcome. And we're really happy that you're here. Uh, KO, the top, uh, like obviously a big part of our audience is in the province of Alberta. A a big amount of what we talk about is Alberta politics. Um, We're going to talk about Trump later. Don't worry. I know that you want to. But but what was what was your top Alberta political story of the year? Your face looks like you don't even want to talk about this. No, no, I do, because I think it's so amazing. It's incredible. The comeback of Daniel Smith that that May election. There was an election this year. If you yeah. remember, that's oh, right. another story where we it's mentioned like, it 40 minutes. Yeah. In. A provincial election. I you know, it was not a certain thing that they were going to win again. It was a really hotly contested election. The conservatives have been struggling with the leadership issues, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, she and you know nine years ago is when the floor crossing happened this month so a lot has happened in our province and the fact she came back won that election and has a pretty solid caucus right now you don't hear the grumblings like you did under kenny um i think it's she's a political comeback kid and we saw that it happened over many months so it's not like everyone's thinking about oh that's the biggest story but for me for her to win that election the way she did and just head it right into leadership. That's a huge story and it speaks a lot about her political leadership to do what she did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and can I say, and, and like you just said this, but I want to reiterate number yeah. one, to win the, to win the conservative leadership, where yeah. I think Travis Taves had like the, the lion's share of the, totally. of the uh, sort of, what do you want to call it? Like the, uh, the establishment yeah. endorsements, right? Travis Taves would, would have been Kenny's choice. Everybody for says this is easy. Politics is not easy. It's and not. what she did, even though there's a lot of not great things happening, the take back Alberta folks, yeah. all the things that are happening underneath, mm-hmm. 
she still did what she did. And it's it's wow. That will be remembered in the history books. I'm not saying like her or hate her. I'm, I'm not speaking about her as a politician. I'm just saying what she did as a politician. I agree with you. Yeah. And um, I think I agree. The take back Alberta thing is something we really need to be cautious about yeah. and paying attention to. And I'm sure she is. However, I do owe a few friends a steak dinner cooked at my house because I was like, there's no way that Danielle Smith is going to win this six months prior to it. Yeah. Um, and then obviously she crushed it. And then I have to give her credit as well, too. I think she's you know, leading with maturity, like Doug Griffiths, for example, the new CEO at the chamber, he obviously supported the NDP. Yeah, on um, this show. Like, yes. Like really, like really like supported really, yeah. the NDP. He comes in as the leader of the chamber. The business community is like, oh, this is going to go well. And Danielle Smith gives him a big hug on stage yeah. and he apologizes. Mm -hmm. And she's like, this is going to be great. We're going to work together and let's go. You know, like bygones be bygones. Let's go. Let's do this. But people that know. Uh, That's not a Jason Kenny thing. Danielle no. anymore. That is the opposite of Jason Kenny. <laughs> well, Kenny. I mean, but you're the shining example. I'm the shining, you're the shining example. example. Oh, I mean, people, yeah, we, I didn't, I didn't mention rounds. it in your introduction, but you're the former president of the Progressive Conservative Association of Alberta, like of the party. You were the yeah, president yeah. and you dealt with a lot of bullshit. And Lots. I don't know how much you want to talk about it publicly, but, but you were targeted. So it many was good brutal. stories. It was brutal. It was frightening at times. Lots of like death threats at times. It was mm -hmm. terrible. Uh, Have we ever talked about the investigation results? No. We we'll do that one day. No, I think today <laughs> no, no, is a perfect no, time to day. talk about that. Not deep enough in the mimosas yet, but, but again... Sarah, I, would you top her up? Yeah, but, yeah. I, you know, and it speaks to... That's how I know yeah. how hard politics is at the grassroots level, organizing. It's not easy. And people who sit and say, oh, it was easy. Any conservative yeah. runs, they win. That's no. not truly how it happens. There's so many forces at play, so many folks you need to deal with. The province is a big province. The south and the north are very yes. different. Cities are different. So for what she did, again, I just think it's a huge political story. And I think she reminds me a lot of Klein in the way, I think she's here for a long time yeah. if she yeah. wants to be. And well, that's, people are like, oh, she's gone next year, the year after that, the caucus will dump her. I'm like, I actually don't think so. We'll uh, see. I mean, in May, I said you underestimate Dan or we collectively underestimate Danielle Smith at our peril. I think that holds like things don't seem to stick to her. Um, and she zigs when other politicians would zag. I see her not doing things. You know, there's conventional wisdom in politics yeah. and she's not beholden to it. And it comes off sometimes as a little bit wonky. But I don't think that's I think that she she has she has a sense of what the people across Alberta want to hear. It may not be what the people in Edmonton want to hear, but I don't think it can be underestimated. Yeah, she's she's going to have to find a way. Yeah. I, I, when you use the words take back now, I mean, it's so, you know, like, or, or make something great. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, but she's going to have to find a way to take back her party. And okay. that starts with taking back the board. And that's not something yeah. that a premier or party leader can do that. Right. K.O., you know more about this than any of us um uh, about although, although you know i mean let me say all three of you have have extensive political well, this experience. is how we know each other but, but, premier, it is, but, yeah, but, but yeah. organizing like yeah. like let's talk about the roadmap here like like take back alberta uh, david parker started taking big swipes at me on twitter the other day all of a sudden out of nowhere i'm like what the, this guy must have be having a, a slow day or something to go at it but but very boastful very arrogant this guy but he is doing what he said he was going to do and yeah. that is control the board of the party that has formed Alberta's government. Now he says he's coming for school boards across the province. So for the thousands and thousands of conservative members that are regular, normal people uh, that see all human beings as equal, that just want a conservative government, but don't want it run or influenced by lunacy, how do you get your board back? How do you get your party back? It's just a lot of hard work, you know, right? When you're premier, though, the premier's office, the buck stops at the premier's office. So the party 
it matters. So are you giving matter. David too much credit? I, I do. I, I personally so, yeah. do. I don't. I do. I absolutely I do. don't. I, I personally do. Well, I think Catherine, something- you sat there and watched Jason Kenny yeah, with like we 30 we people. We didn't have the premier's office. That was the difference. We were in a, they, w- they were like third place party. It wasn't the same. The premier's office has a lot more power. Okay. I'm not saying it's, fine, it's fine, fine, fine. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's, but I, I don't think I'm not as nervous as I would be. I just not as nervous, but it does concern me, you know, talking about school boards and it, it's a should be a wake up call for any listener who cares about about politics in this province. Can that we just when say, you don't pay attention, things happen I, and people organize. Let me, let me interrupt gonna, for a second. I want to yeah. interrupt. Sorry, Sarah, and no. then I'll hand it right back because I want to address this. Mr. Dad in the live chat says this Daniel Smith love fest yes. is making me barf. Uh, yeah. Like, We're is not, this is this a, a is it a love fest or is it just calling just admiring a, a the ability? I'm like, nonpartisan. I don't. This is this is fight. just I analyzing am, uh, what yeah, she, she did, did. how yeah. she did it, and what she might keep doing. From some people yeah, who have volunteered like thousands of hours trying to do thousands the exact and thousands same thing of hours. to the cost of our lives and our family and our bank accounts. Sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, everyone thinks that organizing in an election or for an election is super easy, yeah. but when you and and I bring this up because people think, oh, you can just organize school board slates, but you need candidates and you need volunteers and you need donors. And if you multiply that across how many school boards there are in the province of Alberta um, in in the uh, separate schools and the public schools and the francophone schools, and then how much you would like if you start to multiply, you see very easily how difficult it is just to organize on school boards you I know that there's been talk about municipalities as well and when you start talking about all the city councilors and all the mayors and all the like there's like over 300 municipalities in Alberta alone so when you multiply that out the amount of resources and organizing capacity you would need is just not it doesn't exist in Canada it barely exists in the United States. Sophie votes that it's not that hard. Like if you just have a small template, you just multiply I feel like you forget so (laughs) easily what we went through when you were the president and literally Jason Kenney would show up with 20 people 27 people and he would take over a riding like it doesn't take a lot of people people, and that's what I want to say to anyone listening when we talk about organizing let's dumb it down yeah you know everyone thinks that people win elections because of money even the money people are like I'm going to give money we're going to win that is Mm. literally not how it works you need to show up and you need to vote so if you think your school board is being taken over or you think there's chaos in your municipality and someone's like can you come to this it literally takes one or 12 people you do make a difference and just by showing up to make your vote matters so much right now and i do think we should especially pay attention in in municipalities as well like it's interesting to me we're seeing so much chaos whether it's sorry sarah Mm -hmm. councillor rice or you know chestamere being fired we have the the woman in devon who was in jail she's an elected official and now yes that you can't get rid of these politicians who are maybe going a little bit sideways like there's no real mechanism of course is the recall legislation which is like almost impossible to to do with the hand printed signatures but there's a lot of chaos happening around the province and let's not just think the chaos is happening for nothing i think that there are there is a really concerted effort of people who know how to organize and know how to change things. The federal conservatives are really good. And as really we saw good. With Jason speaking Kenney. of organizing, where are the uh, like the NDP and I? Yeah, like, where I, are it's they? Not, it's not a love fest for 
for the premier, but I'm, but there's a real, you, she is formidable. So you need to start organizing now for that election. It's what it's several years away, but it's close if you're a political organizer and they've, if they're going to pick a new leader, let's get on with it. Let's get on with that business. But I, what does yes. Ironworker say? The, is he happy now? Yeah, I, well, I, yeah. You know what? And and uh, Iron Ironwood Workman, um, who I love the handle by the way, did that. confirm in the chat said it is my first time here, so I want to extend a very warm welcome. Let's and cheers then, to him. Well, yes. let's cheers to Ironwood Workman. Yeah, cheers. we know. Cheers. Yeah, so cheers, Ironwood. No cheers, uh, cheers. That's for you. And Ironwood went on to say, sounds like to me to be kind of like a common sense person. Um, says if we could only get people like quick dick mcdick in office canada might be normal again i like normal ironwood i want to let you know that if you go back in our archives to october 25th of 2022 so it was a ways ago it was 14 months ago quick dick mcdick made his debut on real talk we had a fabulous conversation that's october 25th of 2022 you want to look for that episode and i'm happy to tell you that he followed that up with an off the record off camera in studio visit uh, we got into the beer fridge here when Quick Dick was in Edmonton. He so was, we had a lot of fun awesome. there. He oh, he is a beauty. Yeah. And not only is he a beauty, not everybody would love his brand of politics. No, no. That's totally fine. Um, I personally think most of the stuff he argues is bang on. But he's a genius on building audience. Yes. Uh, that guy is one of Canada's most popular YouTubers, and he's obviously found a way to tap into how people feel about politics. So I, I consider him a personal friend, and, and uh, it was great to have him on the show. Uh, we're going to talk international politics. We'll talk Donald Trump in just a quick second, plus other news stories. We haven't even talked about the the lost and missing submarine. I mean, does anybody remember that this year? That coming? That was this year. Uh, but first, I want to recognize um, as as we you know present here our final episode of the year. So some of the family-owned businesses, just absolute legends, these beauties. We talk about people we're grateful for around this holiday season, the Monsma family, uh, personal friends of ours, and they're manufacturing and delivering, uh, on, uh, making available the best quality raw dog and cat food in the province of Alberta. With weekly delivery to Metro Calgary and Edmonton areas, they'll also stop off in central Alberta for you if you need quality raw food that we have fed our pets, uh, Moses and Monroe, our beautiful dogs, long before we were in a business relationship with grand dog so we've seen the benefits of this monroe's coat is shinier than ever moses has had some joint pain through his life and they've helped us with supplements and his food help manage that plus they've got great resources on feeding your cats raw food as well you know cats aren't designed to, to be on a plant-based diet cats don't need a whole bunch of carbohydrates but kibble is full of that stuff uh, one of their blog posts will teach you how to get your cat how to transition your cat onto a raw diet you can learn more at granddog.ca don't forget the promo code real talk takes 10 percent of your first time order another family-owned business we're really proud to partner with is eden landscaping I've showed you, of course, the, the finished project uh, in, in uh, past episodes, uh, what Eden Landscaping was able to do to bring our outdoor space to life, our backyard. We saved up. We had a plan for a lot of years, and, and finally we were able to bring them in, and the transformation was unbelievable. You can check out my wife's reels at Carrie Skelton on Instagram if you want to see that. Mike and his team are about so much more than what they did just for us. We've got a new stone patio, beautiful fire pit. we got that artificial turf, which we love, but they also do uh, retain 
retaining walls and water features, outdoor kitchens like the one that Johnny dreams of having one day, that outdoor pizza oven, Johnny. I know you just can't wait. Put those pennies away, pal. And when you're ready, uh, let Mike and his team know that you'd like a free consultation. You'll find them online at landscapeedmonton.ca. And we'll also give a big shout out to the team that built this beautiful studio for us. They came in. It didn't look anything like this. There was evidence of a water leak. We couldn't have that happening. Plus, the building's 110 years old, so there's like no straight lines, but it didn't matter to the team at Complete Care Restoration. Watching them bring a project from plan to handing the keys over to us was unbelievable. You know, they help people that are in nightmare scenarios, fire damage, flood damage. You found mold or asbestos. Don't do that on your own. You're going to want to get in touch with the team at Complete Care Restoration. You find them online at completecarerestoration.ca. Sarah Hamilton, Jenny Adams, and Catherine O'Neill hanging out with us. Uh, you, you don't have to be quiet and silent. I know you're acting like you're on a real live TV set. Uh, Sarah's like making eye contact with her. Like, you want to top up on your mimosa? But yeah, there yeah, you go. Uh, we're we're going to kill this doing? magnum before the hour's done. Yeah, I'll take another. Yeah, Johnny, take another there as well. KO, uh, why don't we get you to hit lead off on this one? It's it's looking and there's, there's still a lot of runway and there's a lot of things that could happen. Um, and there's a lot of different angles to approach the story. But it looks like the former president of the United States could also be the next president president of the United States, Donald Trump. Yeah, so I'm looking ahead to 2024. And I think that the news story that I'm watching is what that election and what's happening. And, you know, that Colorado Supreme Court decision uh, this week, I think it was this week. Wow, the news cycle goes fast, uh, you know, about saying he can't be on the ballot in that state. So it looks like it's going to go across the states. Other states will like look for that, that this will go all the way to the Supreme Court. Uh, in the new year uh, is really troubling. And I think we're setting up for a powder keg of all powder kegs heading into that November election. Uh, we're going to see more action in the courtroom than on the campaign trail when it comes to the election of Donald Trump. But at the end of the day, the division that just like, like it's unreal what is happening. And I know that you just, Sarah just came back from the U S and you're already feeling like a few hours ago, yeah, like, like a, a couple hours, hours ago. ago. Yeah. But that story just, it's, it's such a global story because if he becomes president again, uh, you know, everybody's affected by that. And it's also just the way of becoming president is going to be s just rip that already shredded country apart. I think. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And uh, something that, can, like is is my pet peeve across the Western world right now is that we are seeing the erosion of the values of liberal democracy. And one of those things is a, f a free and independent justice system. Mm -hmm. Sarah's the smart one in our group chat. <laughs> Carry on. Um, uh, but but also like, you know, we're seeing the erosion of journalism, the the erosion of of news um, and, and truth to what you said earlier. But that the inter the political interference in the justice system and of the justice system is something that I think is hugely hugely problematic. Uh, just and Trump is also problematic. I mean, he's openly said that he, um, he, he I want to say he, he's going to overthrow the government, but he attempted a coup. Here well, Johnny, do you, Johnny, do we have that clip ready? I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Yeah. Do we have that clip ready? So have a listen to this. This yeah. is this is Trump just talking about the DOJ and police officers. This is just like a week ago. Let's roll it. This is wild stuff. Give me one second. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like put you on the spot there. But the, so you'll you'll hear this in just a quick second. This is Donald Trump. I think it was in New Hampshire uh, off the top of my head. I'm trying to remember. Give me the thumbs up when we're ready to rock on it. But this. Yeah, here's here's Trump. Watch it. We will 
restore law and order to our communities, and I will direct a completely overhauled DOJ to investigate every radical, out-of-control, fake, crooked prosecutor in America for their illegal, racist, in reverse enforcement of the law. I am also going to indemnify all police officers. This is a big thing, and it's a brand new thing, and I think it's so important. I'm going to indemnify through the federal government all police officers and law enforcement officials throughout the United States from being destroyed by the radical left for taking strong actions against crime. It's racism in reverse. Racism in reverse. But I mean, Jenny, your jaw just hit the floor. all of our faces watching this, and in fairness, I have not had a second to pay attention to the news this month. It's been nuts, but... uh, it just gets so so indemnifying a person means to compensate oh, them yeah, for like, losses, oh, sure. which, you know, you're like, basically talking about the guy that murdered George. Floyd. I was like, just this, thinking yeah. that like I was literally just thinking that it is. I mean, the U.S. also has a very complex and somewhat immature police oversight, police governance system. I don't by any stretch think Canada is perfect, but we have a pretty I think a pretty linear um, police oversight mechanism across the country. The U.S. does not have that. It has over 10,000 police services. Officers are, they they do not have uniform training. They are paid anywhere from $30,000 a year to $60,000 a year. They often have to procure their own equipment. Um, you, you have a, in my opinion, as someone who is coming off the police commission in, in 10 days. 10 days. Yeah, 10 days. Um, you have a, an, enormous structural problem in how law enforcement exists in the United States. But that does not like indemnification is not the solution to better law enforcement to a more transparent justice system. And in fact, what the what the um, past and perhaps future president of the United States is talking about is the political interference. Mm -hmm. So not allowing um, something that's so important, which is discretion, the discretion of the individual, whether it's police officers or prosecutors to, to pursue, um, uh, justice. And I think all the way up to the Supreme court, we are seeing politicization. And what that means is people do not trust the justice system. That is, it's already very complex. It's already extremely hard to understand. Even in Canada and the U S it's almost impossible people do not need to have less faith in the justice system Mm. well we had that almost exact conversation in our group chat yesterday about the encampments but you have to think how did we get to this point like the left isn't off the hook here like there are people half of the country half of i know half of the country voted for donald trump last time and believed the Mm -hmm. things that he's saying i my family i know people who are like yep I agree with everything that he's saying. We live in our little echo chamber in Edmonton, but he's resonating with people over and over and over again. And he's using talking points. Is he actually going to fucking do this? I believe, believe what he says. Everything he says, he does. So everybody should like those words make me more frightened because he was saying those words before January 6th and then he did it. And so now it's like, wow, this is not a But can Joe Biden get out of the way? Like, does Joe Biden not, like, like, how selfish is that? No, but, but this is Did you just call him a prick? No, 
no, no. I was I, I was going to say person because you oh, can't okay. say man and woman anymore. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was, I I was like, wow. Wow, just give me a little more chefe. No, that is not part of my language. I did drop the F-bomb. So U.S. politics is so complex. Um, it, I mean, the election is going to come down to a couple million voters. Yes. The stay home factor on both the Republican and Democrat side is going to be enormous. You have states in flux, um, Arizona being one of them. And then uh, like the polling shows, and this is going to be, I think, really hard for a lot of Canadians to hear. The polling shows that there are no more winnable candidates for the Republicans than Donald Trump and that they're probably are not more winnable candidates for the Democrats than Joe, Joe Biden. Biden. And yet everybody's looking at it and saying, isn't that's that, not my person. Isn't like, that just a sign of the fall of the Roman Empire, though? That th- This yeah. is two elections in a row. They're running the, like... People over their 80s, like they're both over 80, right? Yeah, yeah uh, Trump's yeah. not quite. He's almost in his 80s. But two, like, really? That's what your Trump's leader, that's the pinnacle yeah. of leadership in your country? This is what you have to offer? Wasn't the I can't, Rock, didn't he get offered like the- Who, the Rock? The Rock, yeah, the Republicans reach out to him. But- yeah, like, like that. What be is great. that? Yeah, it's, it's, what, just, like, it's throwing. I mean, if we're talking about tight black t-shirts, I mean, the best, the best just, would be Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it's just not possible. But you know, he's going to. Why do you think he did that? Doc? But he's not an like, American. He's, he's not American. I know he can't. But they they, they oh, have yeah, to change true, the constitution. True, true, but like true, Trump, true. Uh, Trump would be defeated but by Schwarzenegger, at least, and Schwarzenegger well, would be the best. It'd be unbelievable. He would be. At least he seems like he has some experience. But it's just it's throwing stuff at the wall right now. Like, like is that But you know what I mean? As far as the this is the United States of America. And they're just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. And it's it's not this is not leadership. This is not no one's inspired by anything you're watching. It's two elections where we're going to be like <gasps> holding our breath. And yeah. this is not boding well for their for their political future as a as a as the largest country, like the power of our world. I did. an ex- So I was in Nebraska for an exchange for a week in September. And I, I want to. Um, it was a really cool program, the American Council of Young Political Leaders. But um, she is our nerd. There is, Name dropper. Uh, <laughs> what um, a nerd. The, I think that there is, I don't think that this is just us from the outside looking in. Like something I got on the ground in Nebraska was people saying, you can't get anything done federally. We actually need our state and local um, po- like governments to step up because by the time you hit the big show in Washington, yeah. things aren't happening. And there was... Whether you were a conservative or a liberal, a Republican or a Democrat, this sense of despair about the future of the country in Washington was so palpable. Yeah. Like and um, and that's I, I agree with you, Catherine. It, it brings you to that fall of the Roman Empire oh. type type thinking. But you also I would say you, you say two elections in a row. I say three elections in a row like Hillary. What? Hillary is, like was no. an institutional candidate. Yes. And. Yeah. And what you have in the U.S., and I think we have to take this as a lesson for Canada, is you have this political class that you start to work your way through as a a school board trustee or a a city councillor or on many of the elected offices, and you work your way up to state and federal offices. And so you have a career as a politician. And that, I don't think, is, I don't think that's healthy. I don't think it's healthy for democracy. I don't think it's healthy as an individual to spend your whole life in politics. And I don't think it's healthy for government. Can I bring this home? Do you think- Are you running for mayor? Are you running for mayor? (laughs) Is this your TM to your campaign announcement? Are you announcing right now? (laughs) Um, People, boy, boy, I, 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 I- 
we've did not we did not agree. You did not ask no. me to do this, but no. but on sort of principle, I mean, give us a few drinks. Wouldn't make you too uncomfortable on the round table. But this next mayoral election in Edmonton is going to be wide open. Would you at least agree that? Would you acknowledge that? Oh yeah, I it's think a it's, wide open I think race. It's wide open. I don't know that the incumbent is guaranteed to like. I would say that the incumbent is definitely not guaranteed. To, I didn't say he's guaranteed not, not to, to win, win. but I say run? he's not guaranteed. To, to win, and he's not run. guaranteed to run. You're yeah, right, yeah. KO. You're right. I don't think we know. Anything. Hey, here's a story that's not going to make anybody feel any better. I'll no, give credit oh, to to Alana Smith. Um, this is just breaking, like as we're talking. Uh, this story out just this morning. Alana Smith with the Globe and Mail, a Freedom of Information request shows internal government documents. Uh, the Alberta government telling its health authority to remove the words influenza and COVID from advertising for Alberta's fall immunization campaign and to wait before communicating with the public amid warnings that respiratory illnesses oh were gosh. rising. This is... There's a story for you. Um, do you think an outside candidate outside politics could be the next leader of Alberta's NDP? No, I I don't think the party would pick someone out from outside like that. That's Those, not a party. There's, they're outside just chomping politics. at the bit to be leaders of that party. Yeah. Who do you think is the next leader of the Alberta NDP? Jenny? Racky. Yeah. Racky. I think it's Sarah Hoffman. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, there you go. Um, let's take a look at some of the stories uh, through the year that did not maybe sort of satiate the politicos and the serious news watchers, but it doesn't mean that they weren't news. The world watched as this ill-fated submarine. Uh, <laughs> I mean, everybody knows what I'm talking about. I don't need to get into the details, but basically went down and imploded killing everybody on board. Kind of a, obviously a very sad story, but also a lot of people sort of seem to like take pleasure in it in a weird way because it was like billionaires on board and it was just a, a weird story all around there was uh, the, the the dominance of of taylor swift uh the biggest mm-hmm. celebrity in the world by far uh she's the biggest name in the nfl right now because yeah. of who she's dating and then there was uh i mean the summer box office smashes the two of them uh, what did they call it? Barbenhopper? Barbenheimer. 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 Yeah. Oppenheimer and Barbie. Oppenheimer and Barbie, yeah. obviously. So, so, so there were, these were kind of like sort of the, the more fun stories of the year. Wh- which yeah. one jumps out at you? Um, well, you know, I'm not a huge movie person, but I took my boys and they're like, ugh. And I'm like, actually, it was so good. You like Barbie? I like Barbie, but the shipwreck was, or the submarine was so stressful. Like, I didn't take pleasure in it. I was just so stressed for that week. Yeah. Like, it was It awful. was the knocking. The stories of hearing knocking. Yeah. Like, at the bottom of the ocean. That's a... Which we now know is not a it thing, It was not right? a thing, but it was terrifying. Like, yeah. to think about people sitting at the bottom of the ocean, like, knocking for their life. Like, yeah. Ugh. This is. I like hope follow we're not the Roman Empire, though. Like again, like <laughs> yeah. the submarine stories, like follow the Roman Empire. Like it's just so ridiculous. But what's most ridiculous about it to you? I just because like that's what you're spending your money on. Like yeah. I don't know. It's like Sorry. in every TV show, like, again, yeah. rich people to the moon, R- and they ridiculous. Blow up, yeah, and like this the moon the ocean, thing. They blow up. Um, I want to. So Taylor Swift, though, I think that story is she. What a story of 2023. This one, she's not even at the height of her powers. This woman is still at what 33. She's not. She's still quite young. Mm-hmm. Uh, leading pop singer, leading songwriter, like dates in it, like NFL. Like there's nothing. She changes. She's a weather system when she goes into a into a city. The econ the economic potential that she brings to any event she comes to. I think so incredible to watch that and i don't think because so few things in our society tie us all together it's hard to see common things and that is just incredible to see what she has achieved at such a young age and it's she's not even there at the height of her powers yeah 
Um, I want to give a shout out, by the way, random comment, but Anna Simmons, who shot us 28 bucks on the super chat, Anna, Yay, absolutely Anna. amazing. Anna, we we so appreciate you. Here's like to Anna. Anna. Anna, very happy holidays to you. We sure thank you yes. for that. Um, I know that some people I saw Sylvia said, that's all you're going to talk about on health interference from the, from the Alberta government. No, we're just, it's the end of the year wrap up. Yeah. Uh, obviously we'll hit the ground running again in January and pick up on all these stories. Uh, somebody said that's, you know, that's Danielle Smith. I would suggest that's for probably the record, not Danielle a, Smith. That's yeah. Rob Anderson. And her advisor. But I don't know for a fact. Buck stops with her. But I, it's still of terrible. Course it, of course it does. It's terrible. But I've said this many record. times. I've said this many times. Um, one of, I think Danielle Smith's, uh, one of the great uh, things about her uh, is that she is willing to say, she'll sit, she has sat in this chair in this studio many times when the previous premier wouldn't get within 100. It was like we had a restraining order. Uh, Kenny would get nervous if we were within 100 meters of each other. Was he at a Filipino opera? It used to, <laughs> it used to be. I actually just used to asking. take great pleasure in it. But, but, but Danielle doesn't give a shit. Yeah. If, if you're far right, far left, she will talk to you. And sometimes to her peril. Yeah. I would say on the Tucker flip side, Carlson? on yeah. the, yeah, the Tucker Carlson oh. thing is fucked. But, on, but on the flip side, her Achilles heel is that I think Sometimes she does take bad advice. And I do think, and, and maybe this means no more interviews for me, but I doubt it. I do think that her, the executive director of her office, Rob Anderson, former Wild Rose MLA, is a problem. Um, like if you look at this wind and solar moratorium, there's videos of him going back two years yeah. talking about how it, the solar industry drives him crazy. He's got like a personal vendetta against the solar industry. And, and so you start to look at how you think that advice that a political leader gets, not just her, but in this case, we're talking about her and how that translates into policy. That is a thing. Yes. And you got to surround. George W. Bush always said that he wanted to surround himself. People will joke and say it's not too difficult, but he always wanted to surround himself with people smarter than him. Mm -hmm. Right. That's that's I think the, the sign of a successful politician most yeah. times. Yeah. Uh, you got to have that leadership. You got to have the, the people's skills that not everybody has, but you got to be getting good advice. Okay. Yeah. Well, here's a real question. Who in our group chat is going to be premier and who's going to be the chief of staff? Oh, wow. <laughs> Jesperson and Sarah. Those are my picks. But like, which For order? which one? For Premier which which and Sarah's job? chief of staff. If, yeah, if, yeah. If, 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 if I was Sorry, ever Harmon be, and JC, we didn't yeah. even consider. <laughs> Harmon Candola would be a formidable, uh, you know, candidate for sure. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you would ever take the job, Jenny, I would hire you as my chief of staff. I, I think actually I would hire Jenny you as my run. chief of staff. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> it. But I, I would never. But I would never. Secretary of State. But I would never be a chief of staff. No, actually, I take that back. You would not front of the house. No, I would be the worst. He's front of the house. If I was your chief of staff, you'd be missing meetings you'd We'd be, be you'd, here people would be like following up like just following up on this email we, we haven't heard from you for 11 days dead yeah you yeah johnny infamous are you still putting you on the, the spot meeting yeah you, you really have a 9 30 you shouldn't have we have brunch no no, no, no i just made that yeah. up yeah oh okay like your top or, or like one of your top news stories of the year what was the story in the last 12 months that like really resonated with you or caught your attention i think we've already hit on them all i yeah. was gonna say like the housing crisis was number one for me because i'm i'm in this boat yes. i'm 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 a young yep. married guy uh, we've only been married, you know, you know, a few years. Well, I don't want to say that. I'll get in trouble. Seven years. But like we're getting Good ready. We're, we just moved back from B.C., came on board with you. We're starting to look at homes and everything's upside down for us right yeah. now. But I will say in Alberta, I, I agree with Catherine. Like I, I remember there was a McLean's uh, article that said the unsteady uh, story of Danielle Smith or something. But like I, I think if you love her or hate her, it's just amazing to watch. Because she defies the odds. And then what's going to be interesting, though, is just as she gets deeper into her tenure, whether these things she keeps saying actually 
come to fruition because right now not a lot has like uh, yeah. fixing the healthcare system in like three months nothing's really happened um, <laughs> uh, didn't she say something like that yeah, yeah, 90, she did. 90 she did. days yeah, just, right just so nothing, you know, but, but you know as well as I do Ryan when she's in here she's very intelligent so I'm sure oh, yeah. I'm sure she has a plan and I'm and sure it, it, she is going to she is going to make things happen great with people but, but so far not not a lot has happened right and and the more so that <laughs> the more that nothing happens the 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 more wide open she is to criticism which she already is right so yeah we've got an interesting comment here from uh, Justin in our chat who says the amount of influence that Taylor Swift wields is incredible and that's he why says, we're not talking bad about her because we know the swifties will get on this yeah. well, they'll, she, they'll bury us she'll get us kicked off spotify <laughs> yeah. and then then what uh but, uh, justin says uh, taylor swift single-handedly influenced some state elections yeah. when she waded into politics a few years back would, i don't yeah. know if you guys saw this this Ms. was back Mary at the Anna. end of september yeah. of this year but usa today with a big feature taylor swift has power to swing the presidential election oh, what if nothing else matters well i mean decisions are made by those who show up right and she's driving voter turnout like and you back to the beginning of the conversation it's true in the united states it's even more true in canada it's exceptionally true in alberta where you have uh you know politicians or or elected officials winning by double digit numbers if if that kind of influence if someone can influence that kind of turnout like it shows you how um important it is yeah darren in the chat says jespo respects expert opinions that would already be a massive improvement (laughs) (laughs) there you go uh okay so um we're doing something a little bit different as as we wrap up with uh this is our weekly tradition of course through the year uh courtesy of our friends at the dairy queens of northwest edmonton and sherwood park a chance typically uh for me to read emails from real talkers that have something to say that need to blow off a little steam but i've i've given you three a bit of a heads up a tiny little heads up like less than 12 hours uh but to maybe come up with a gripe or something that's driving you nuts uh, to debut it on the flamethrower. Are all three of you ready? Because we're about to kickstart this thing. And once the plane's in the air, that's it. All three of you ready? Okay, you look good to go. Uh, friends, you know how this goes. Typically, it's on a Friday, but today it's on a Thursday. This is a chance for you to, to get real, to bring the heat, to say what needs to be said. We want to hear it, right? We want you to bring us your hot takes. It's the flamethrower presented by the DQs of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. Sarah Hamilton, what's driving you crazy? What are you firing up your flamethrower for? You know, there's a lot of things that make my blood boil, and I made a list of them. But then, <laughs> then... Is this how calm you are when things make your blood boil? Yeah. Okay. It, it is, because then I got yet another job posting for someone looking for somebody with, like, 10 years of experience, and they want to pay them $20 an hour. Oh. And... and of all, like, <laughs> I'm speechless. I'm, it makes me so angry. Are you looking for a new job? I'm not. I'm not. Okay, this is. Did like, you apply? <laughs> I did not. Um, uh, although, you know, like, uh, we could talk about uh, ROI there, but um, over the year, I keep getting job postings where it's like someone's looking for an assistant, an executive assistant. Oh my god! And yes. This, and I need somebody with 10 years of experience, work in a political context. I need somebody who knows say everyone and everything. No, don't say the names. I'm not, I don't want to name it and shame it yet. Okay, but right. it's happened multiple times. And at a time when we're talking about affordability and the rising cost of living, 
to offer someone 20 to $25 an hour for what I would say is an exceptional amount of experience and competency uh, is is mind-blowing. For the opportunity to, to like, take my laundry to the dry cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not me, by the way, okay? No, no, no. I'm not, hi- I'm not hiring these people. It is like, so, like, union involvement is going up. Like, young people are interested in unions. Young people are inter- interested, again, in organized labor. I think that's a really fascinating trend. I don't think that's going away. But, like, the fact that we can't pay... Like we're not willing to pay people what they're worth to do a job that requires skill is a huge oversight. And like we saw it three years ago on um, like people are trying to grow their own food. Like farming isn't skilled labor. It is incredibly skilled labor that we think communications and being an executive assistant or something is not something that someone develops skills and competency for is shameful. Shameful. Get off your wallets. Get off your wallets. Actually, Rick, you're going to tell me to get off my wallet, but she brought up the union. Can I bring up You got to talk louder. Just kidding. Just kidding, Sarah. So, um, this is going to make me hugely Can unpopular. we go behind the scenes on what's going on here? <laughs> no. Yes. Can, we, can, can, can I just say no. that, like, can I, can I oh, say can it's say. back? Like, yeah. you, you represent a union. The union is pressing city council. And so it's awesome to have it's the two awesome. of you talking about this around the Real Talk Roundtable because they're not even, they're not even meeting around the table at City Hall, <laughs> but they're meeting around the table here at Real I Talk. I agree. This People is should be prejudice. paid what they're worth. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> to elaborate on this, uh, I am really annoyed, and you have to admit, that I am generous. I am not, not generous. But the tip function everywhere I go is pissing 18, me starts off. starts at 18. No, no, no. It starts, it at, starts at 25%. Where are you going? Matter. You go to restaurants and they start at 25% yeah. and it makes me so mad. And fine, a restaurant is a restaurant. Sure. Um, you know, I go, you go get your hair cut. Absolutely. I go to the dry cleaner. I go to the coffee shop. They do this. Like, you know, you go to these places, they literally grab something, put it on on the table. And I'm not saying that the individuals who are working don't deserve a tip or a raise. But where's that money going? Yeah. To quote my 14-year-old yesterday, I want to know where all my dollars are going. Because when You're raising them right. When I am, when I worked in a restaurant, I wouldn't get all of that 15 or 20% tip. It got split everywhere. So where Mm -hmm. is all this money going? And to add a 25 or 30% surcharge on everything in life. And if you don't tip, you feel so guilty. It really annoys me. Let me ask you, where where is an establishment or what is it? What is an industry or what is a place that should not be asking for a tip? Anything that has to do with with medical services? Like coffee? Coffee, fast food? Uh, Baristas deserve a tip, I think. Yeah, I do. I do. As a former barista, I do believe that baristas deserve a tip. But then where does it, like at Christmas time, I love to like mow at the car wash. If you know Bubbles, we all have the same car wash boyfriend, Mo. He is amazing. I'm going to bring him a Christmas gift. (laughs) Yes, we do. I wash my own car. I don't wash my car. (laughs) Well, okay. But you know, where, where, where does it change? Like I love giving a tip and something for like, thank you for everything that you've done or thank you for the hard work that you've done. And now it's just expected. It's expected. It drives me crazy. But you know who deserves a tip? The talk show hosts. Talk show hosts. The people who sell you your clothes. 
there's no tip function when you go to a, a retail store. And I think if someone takes the time and effort, because not they get, everybody they get commission. No, no. Yeah, if do. you work yeah. at Reedman's, you yeah. don't get commission. Yeah. If you work at Club Monaco, you don't get commission. But yeah. you have this sales targets. So okay. you, sure, but what job. is that? Yeah. So you don't lose your job. You get a discount. Yeah. So I, anyway, I'm, and I'm going fair. to hell Christmas. You do get a discount. I know you can't give your kids Christmas presents this year, but you did get a discount. Yeah, but that's not fair. Anyway. I'm not laughing at that, by the way. more. KO. Okay, with apologies to DQ. I want to give a love thrower today or a, instead of a flamethrower. I, be- I don't think they'll mind. They're a wonderful family I became family a mother 13 years ago today <gasps> at sunset. Lauren Whoa. Claire O'Neill turns 13 today. She's a teenager. Oh, she is a love Lauren. of my life. Wonderful. It's a really special day because it's so close to Christmas. So I want to send all my love to Lauren Claire O'Neill who turns 13 today. Okay, That's but amazing. What are you mad about? Now, what are you mad about? about? Birthday. You know, one thing. Okay, I was singing about as well. <laughs> Yeah, like enough where of that. Are the, okay, and this is again nonpartisan. Where are the liberals? Like the federal liberals this year? Yeah. I what is happening to that party? I was yeah. in Where's Ottawa. I was in Ottawa in October. I couldn't believe the lack of energy on the liberal side of when I was watching QP. And like this is weird. And it, again, it speaks to the fact like what is happening? Like at least bring some fight to the next year and what's coming and and some. I don't know the energy to what's happening in this country. There's some really huge issues happening and there's nothing. It just doesn't feel like there's any energy leadership on that side of the table. So 2024, I'm looking to see if we see something happen. This is a bit of a different flamethrower because usually I'm just blasting through it at full volume and I'm not even looking at the live chat. But I just want to say like a whole bunch of real talkers are wishing your daughter a very happy birthday, which is awesome. I got a flamethrower. You got it. No, I'm coming to you in just a second. But Justin says as a former barista, I don't think they need to be tipped, which is interesting. interesting. Somebody else said anytime I need need to go up to the counter to pick up my own food, I don't feel guilty for not tipping at all. Johnny! Baristas, what's your flamethrower? Baristas endure the most douchery of baristas any. Baristas 100% really? deserve any. The most douchery? Yes. The any. barista. The Maybe most douchery. The I'm most. sorry. Maybe not the Let's most, but they're like top 10. Top 10. There's a lot of douchery. And I'll tell you why. I'll okay. tell you why. Okay. Okay. Go to a restaurant goes. with Catherine O'Neill and you will... Whoa. <laughs> I ordered coffee. That's all I ordered. Johnny, what are you pissed off about? You know why they deal with it the most? Because they see people before they're caffeined up. 100%. That's the worst state people can be in. Uh, I want people to stop doing this on TikTok. Stop pranking your spouse. Yeah. Uh, if I put a bucket of water over a door <laughs> and poured it on my wife as she was coming out of the bedroom in the morning to get ready, if I threw a spider at her as she was coming down the stairs and she fell and broke her, nobody thinks this is cute. It's the most cringe thing I've ever seen. Yes. And I hate it. And also, I say this every year. Take your fucking grocery cart grocery cart back inside the save-on <laughs> when you're done, or at least take it to the little the Friesen cubby. Brothers, yeah. Okay? The Friesen Brothers, yeah. Who are yeah. these people leaving carts in the I middle totally of parking lots? I leave my cart at the front door. Okay, Danny Johnny, Adams. tell the band to circle it back again, because I, I know, but I got I got I got something perfect. I got to get off my chest. I got to get this Ryan? off my chest. Well, I just was dreaming yesterday. I was trying to dream up a perfect flamethrower, and there I am standing in line, and here it goes as the band brings me in. I would like to give a special shout out to the 22, 23 year old individual that was in front of me at the sport shop yesterday as about 30 people stood behind us in line with their stocking stuffers, the gifts that their kids had asked for, arms full of gifts to shop local and support the business. And what did you choose to do on December 20th? 
return your entire hockey bag. This guy's going on about how the elbow pads don't fit. He doesn't like the shoulder pads. He just can't get the skates to feel good on his feet. The hockey pads. Sir, do you have a receipt? I don't have a receipt. Sir, some of this stuff looks old. Yeah, well, like I said, I had to wear it a few times. We're going to have to get a manager. Please get the manager. One till in operation. One employee working that till. And you choose five days before Christmas. Nay, four days before Christmas Eve to return $1,000 of sporting equipment without a receipt. What the hell are you doing? And who raised you? It took everything I had not to say something, but it gave me about 12 hours to let it bottle up inside and unload it to 15,000 people on this season-ending episode of Real Talk. So whoever you are, I hope this finds you, and I hope in 2024, you come correct. <laughs> friends, the flamethrower is presented by our friends at the Dairy Queens in Palisades, Nemeo, Newcastle, Westmount, and in Sherwood Park on Baseline Road. Wishing you all a very happy holiday season, a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. KO and Jenny and Sarah and Johnny, I love you all. To the real talkers that make this show happen, love you maybe even a little bit more. And we'll see our patrons tomorrow at our annual Patrons Zoom holiday party. Make it a great holiday season, everybody. Stay safe, and we'll see you next year. Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson. Executive producer, Josh Dunford. Technical producer, John Hicks. General manager, Katie Cook-Chivers. Account Coordinator, Lawrence Durlego. Human Resources, Lena Shepherd. Website Design, Mike Johnston. VoiceOver by me, Perry Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Supriya Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Randy Morin, Anne Castleman, Ori Hogan, Harmon Candola, Kathleen O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Member Emerita, Julie Rohr. Real Talk is recorded in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Soto, and Nakota Sioux, home to the Métis settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is a relay project. For more, check out ryanjasperson.com.